0: Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzovino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. Joshua chapter 1, if you would please, I would like to share with you this evening... Some gems of beauty and truth. Glory to God. Gems of beauty and truth. What I'd like to do is share with you some verses from the Bible, certain chapters from the Word of God that will help you experience reality with God in this life. Truths that if you'll meditate on them you will be able to apply the Word of God to your life in a practical way in your time of need. And so we're going to look to Joshua chapter 1. We are going to look at verse 1 and share with you our first gem of beauty and truth. Joshua 1 verse 1 says, Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua the son of Nun." Moses minister saying, Moses, my servant is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people under the land, which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Verse five, there shall not be any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. Verse seven, only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. Verse 9, Have not I commanded thee be strong and of a good courage? Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. In this beloved chapter from the Word of God, we understand that, God's Word provides courage and strength. Courage and strength. Moses was dead. Joshua was called upon to take over the leadership of the people. As a result of this awesome task, I'm sure Joshua had some qualms, some reservations, some moments of emotional concerns. Now, we know that he was a mighty man of God, but he was never placed in this particular position before. He saw what Moses suffered. He saw what Moses experienced. He saw the difficulty of getting people to work together in unity and harmonious love. And so the Father begins to speak to him. And you know, when I thought about this, when I meditated on this... Here's what I concluded. If I was counseling someone who needed courage and strength, what would I tell them? If I was counseling someone who seemingly had reservations about certain responsibilities, certain qualms that they had in their lives about the things that they were responsible to carry out and do, how would I counsel them if they needed courage and strength? Well, here's the answer right here. This is the Lord speaking to him. I couldn't give better counsel than that. Amen. Amen. Could you? No. Here's someone who needed it. And Jehovah God Himself counseled Joshua. And here's what He told him. He said, look, don't be concerned about your ability and don't have any self-doubts. As I was with Moses, so will I be with you. In other words, I will support you and I will help you. And with my help and with my support, there isn't anyone or anything that could possibly successfully oppose you. Did you hear that, saint of God? That's Jehovah God speaking to Joshua. So I took upon myself the same wisdom. And I tell people all the time. God is with you. That's pretty good godly counsel. God will help you. Are you hearing? God will support you. Isn't that what God said he would do for Joshua? Well, Joshua was to believe that, right? And so when I tell that to somebody who needs counsel, who needs strength and courage, that should strengthen them and that should encourage them. Because that's what God did. You refer that person back to God Almighty and let them know, has God ever said He would forsake you? Did God say that He would ever fail you? Then no matter what your responsibility is and how large it looms over your life, even though there is a tendency to have reservations and qualms and self-doubts and maybe even emotional distress over it, sit back and meditate from the book of Joshua chapter 1 and glean some light from this wonderful gem of beauty and truth. Say along with Joshua, My God will never leave me nor forsake me. He didn't forsake Moses, He didn't forsake Joshua, and He won't forsake me. Thank God I'm not at it alone. He said because of His support, because of His help, no one would successfully oppose me or prevent me from accomplishing the purpose of God's will for my life. My God will never fail me. Would you say that with me tonight? My God God. will never fail me. Forsake me me. and refuse to help me in my time of need. need. He is my support support. and with Him him I I will succeed. Thank God. Does that encourage you tonight? See, what is it that you have to do? You have to have reality with God. And you have to know that He's right there. Now, of course, this is Old Testament revelation. And, of course, we have a better covenant established upon better promises. You should read throughout the New Testament and discover what truths will also line up with this revelation. And all it could possibly do is just add more to what God has already told Joshua right here. Now, Joshua had something to do on his part in other words God wasn't going to do this alone there was something that Joshua had to do in order to have God's help support divine intervention whatever and what was it that he was supposed to do well God had already instructed him first of all to do what to be strong to be strong have you ever found yourself talking to somebody who says I'm just so weak you don't understand but God is saying be strong But I'm so weak, I'm exhausted, I'm worn out because of what I've encountered. But God says, be strong. See, if we're weak and worn out and exhausted, it's because we've tried on our own to accomplish whatever it is. We're responsible to accomplish. God is saying, be strong. And the New Testament revelation says it this way, Be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord, or in your knowledge of God, and in the power of His might. Don't be strong in yourself. Don't be strong in your emotional powers alone. Don't be strong in your physical strength alone. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. You know what that tells me? The power of His might is available to me. He wouldn't tell me to be strong in it if it wasn't available to me. Well, now, why would I have to want to carry out a task in the power of my might when God's already offered the power of His might? They that wait upon the Lord shall exchange strengths. I've often thought about that and I thought God's getting short chains. I'm giving him my strength for his. Right? But that's okay. If that's what he wants, I'll give him mine as long as he continues giving me his. Amen? Amen? Amen. I'd rather operate in the strength of God. What about you? So number one, he said, be strong, Joshua, in the Lord. Be strong in God. Believe. That I am there. That I won't forsake you. That I will not fail you. I'll never leave you. I am there for you to help you and to support you along the way. I will assist you. And whatever you need me to do, I will do. You know what the word help means in Isaiah 41, verse 10, where it talks about God saying that I will help you? It means God will make an advance towards you to provide everything that is necessary for you to to succeed. I like that. You like the sound of that? God will make an advance toward you to provide everything that is necessary for you to succeed. So Joshua, be strong in the Lord and be of good courage. And that goes together. He told him not to be dismayed. Dismay means a sudden loss of your spiritual energy through fear or great perplexity. You lose your spiritual initiative because of fear or emotional distress. Something happens and all of a sudden, it's like all your strength is out. Your emotional strength is depleted. You lose even your spiritual initiative. And he's saying, Joshua, you can't be like that. Take a moment to meditate upon what I'm telling you. Is I was with Moses so will I be with you. I never forsook him. I never left him. I never failed him. I never let him down. Every time he needed me, I was there. Now think about that, Joshua. And when you're tempted to lose your spiritual initiative because of fear or great perplexity, know, Joshua, that I am there. Be strong and be of good courage. Then He said to him also, Obey. Look at verse 7. Only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law. In other words, be obedient to God. Don't be out there living a life of sin. Don't be out there disobeying God and doing what is wrong in His sight. Just be obedient to God. Be strong and courageous. Be obedient to the Lord your God. Obey His voice. What He has told you to do, you are to do. And even though it might not line up with your reasoning or intellect, disregard all that, forsake all that, so that you can have the help of God. So Joshua, there will be times when you'll be tempted to disobey what I have spoken, because your your emotions and your feelings will lead you astray. But he said, be strong and courageous, and don't give in to your feelings and emotions, Just rest in your faith and trust in Me. And I will be there for you. I won't leave you. I won't forsake you. I will assist you, support you, and help you. And no one will be able to successfully oppose you, Joshua. So obey My commandments. Isn't that what He said to him? Absolutely. Obey the commandments. And then finally, keep your eyes focused. Not on the task, not on the responsibility, not on yourself, not on those that oppose you, not on your own strength, but on me. Keep your eyes focused on me, on who I am, and as you do, I will support you, I will help you. There will be courage, there will be strength. There will be divine intervention, and together we will succeed on the earth. That's exactly what God was telling Joshua. Well, beloved, the God that we serve is with us always. He will never leave us nor forsake us. As a matter of fact, I found out somewhere in the Bible, in the book of Hebrews, chapter 13, somewhere around verses 5, 6, and 7, if you read right on through there, it says... That God said, I will never leave you nor forsake you that you may boldly say. And you know what boldness is? It's great courage. That you may courageously say with boldness, God is on my side. God is my helper. Anybody here work in a place where you have a helper? What's that person do for you? provides a lot of help. (laughs) Right? That's what a helper does. There you are doing what you're supposed to be doing and this person's getting this for you and doing that for you. And if you go to make a mistake, they say, no, no, that's not right. And they correct you maybe. Whatever. But they're right there to help you. Now listen to this. God said, I will never leave you. Now your helper might go off to lunch. Your helper might have a coffee break. Right? And there you are because you are the... You're the headmaster. You're the one who's in charge of this operation. You've got to get things done and your helper is gone. They took off for a while and you might have a need right then for help. But God said, I won't leave you. I won't forsake you. I'll never leave your side that you may boldly say, God or the Lord is my helper. I will not fear I won't be dismayed. I won't lack courage. I won't lose spiritual initiative. Why? Because God is my helper. Thank God, thank God, thank God I have a helper. If you're ever out there doing something, someone comes along and says, do you need some help? Say, thank God I've got all the help I need. Hallelujah. The Lord God is on my side. He is my helper when I face struggles or burdens in life or responsibilities and duties and tasks that seem to be too much for me to handle, thank God, thank God. Don't forget you've got the Helper on your side who won't leave you, who won't forsake you. Meditate that. As He helped Moses, as He helped Joshua, He will help me. Meditate that. See, think about that. So if ever you find yourself in a time where you need support, courage, solid strength, meditate this gem of beauty And truth and faith will rise in your heart. Amen. 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 Turn with me, if you would, please, to the book of Psalms 91. And here we have our second gem. And what a gem it is. Of beauty and truth. It's found in the book of Psalms, Psalm 91. And it's called Protection and Guidance. For those that dwell in the secret place of the Most High. Did you know the Bible has been written to help us? Aren't you glad for its help? Well, we need to make certain that we experience the reality of that help. And here is how we do it. See, sometimes people think there must be some secret thing that I'm not doing or I don't know about. And that's why it doesn't seem like God is there to help me in my time of need and whatever. It's very simple. You see, it's the simplicity of the gospel That makes it so difficult to so many people. It can't be that easy. But you see, it is. What makes it hard is our what? Human reasoning. Our mind. The way we think makes it so hard. When God didn't make it hard. In verse 1 it says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him will I trust. Verse 5, Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. Verse 11, For He shall give His angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. And verse 12, they shall bear thee up in thy hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. Verse 14, because he hath set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high because he hath known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble and deliver him and honor him. And with long life will I satisfy him and show. Everybody say show. Show. That means to put on a a demonstration or a display. Have you ever gone to a demonstration? Some of you ladies know about demonstrations. I'm going over a Sister So-and-So's house and they're going to have a demonstration, a Tupperware demonstration or something like that. You know, when you dwell in the secret place of the Most High and abide under the shadow of the Almighty, I want you to know that He has demonstrations. God likes to demonstrate what? His salvation. I will demonstrate or display an open show of my Saving strength. That's what salvation is. My saving strength. See, sometimes we have confused ourselves by thinking the word salvation just means that we don't go to hell. Oh, it means so much more than that, saint of God. God wants to demonstrate His saving strength. In that burning, fiery furnace, we have an example. Of Jesus, the fourth man, likened unto the Son of God. The Bible said, look like an angel, likened unto the Son of God. There, demonstrating the right hand of God, the saving strength of the Almighty God, saving them from the powers of the flames. Amen? That's called God demonstrating His saving strength. And the flames had no power to harm their bodies, and neither was the smell of smoke upon them. I don't know about you, but that excites me to know that I can know the living God just like that. What about you? Amen. Amen? Okay, now what's he talking about in this great gem? He's talking about that if you dwell in God's secret place, you will have protection, you will have guidance, and He will be to you a refuge and under His wings or loving protection will you abide. He will be your refuge, your hiding place. He will hide you beneath His own wings. He'll make you experience a sense of security in that place. I want you to meditate this now as we're speaking here for a while. Think about that for a while. You see, beloved, the enemy doesn't want us to abide there. He wants us to be distracted. He wants us to think That God has forsaken us. And He wants us to panic and become afraid and let our emotions run wild. But God said, Look, look, dwell in My secret place. What is that secret place? His presence. The blood of Jesus was shed so that you and I can have access into the holiest presence of the living God. So that we can commune with Him and fellowship with Him. And enjoy His presence in life. Beloved, you can't help but to walk into His presence and leave from that place with a sense of victory. And being more than a conqueror. You can't walk away from that place of His presence without a spring in your step. Amen. And a knowing that your loving Father is right there for you at all times to protect you and to guide you. And He is saying, no matter what comes your way, no matter what time of day, the arrow that flies by day, the pestilence at noonday, any time of darkness, our God neither slumbers nor sleeps. You're abiding in His secret place, the place of His great love for you. And as a result of your abiding there, He sees to it. That He cares for you. That He protects you. That He defends you. In one place the Bible says, My God will fight for me. Say it with me. My God God will fight for me. me And protect me. And and deliver me from the hand of the enemy. He'll deliver us from all difficulties. He'll deliver us from all problems of life. All afflictions any hard times that we might have, any fears that might come against us, any evil that will try to befall us, He is saying, dwell in My secret place and I will protect you. And He goes on to say, and My angels, will I dispatch on your behalf? Oh, beloved, what a gem of beauty and truth to meditate, to dwell on. Angels are dispatched for Me. Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who are the heirs of salvation? How can we have fear? How can we be afraid? How can we even think of defeat or failure when we recognize we're in His presence, His angels are dispatched, and they're right there by our side to do what? To bear us up in their hands. Lest we dash our foot against a stone to help us tread upon the lion and the adder, and the young lion will trample underneath our feet. Thank God for the salvation of our God. He goes on to say here that because you have decided to set your love upon me, beloved, listen carefully. God made a decision to set his love upon you a long time ago. And whatever your name is, I want you to know that God is resting in his love for you. In Zephaniah, we are told that. And he joys over you with singing. What about that picture of a loving God, a loving Father? He joys over you with singing. When I saw each of my children being born, it was a a joy inside the heart that words cannot describe. Amen? And you feel the same way too when you know your children were born. It's just a joy that you have, a rejoicing that you have that could cause you to laugh and have tears at the same time. Well, God our loving Father says, I joy over my children with singing. I love them so much. All I want them to do is to set their love back on me. And when they come to me by the blood of the Lamb, enter into my presence and just love on me. I put my arms around them. I dispatch my angels for them. They will camp about them to protect them and deliver them from the evils of this age. And he goes on to say, because they set their love upon me, I will deliver them. Say it with me, my God delivers me. Listen, I will set them on high because they know my name. Have you ever found yourself at a place you don't know what to do, where to go, who to turn to? I want you to know something. God has revealed several names of who, that describe who He is. If you need help, all you've got to do is know the name. You need financial help? He is Jehovah Jireh. You need physical help? Thank God He is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, your healer. You just need to know that somebody cares. He's Jehovah Shammah. He's ever present in your life. Hallelujah. Just cry out Jehovah Shammah. And He says, there I am. Because you know His name, He will set you on high. Praise God. And when you call upon Him, He says, I will answer you. I will be with you in trouble. I will deliver you and honor you. And with long life will I satisfy you and show or demonstrate to you my saving strength, my salvation. Glory to God. He'll surround you with His goodness and His great love as He leads you along the path of life. What a gem of beauty and truth. What a revelation to meditate upon and digest. Amen? I don't know about you, but my spirit is just being quickened with the love of God right now. What about yours? Let's move on. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 55, another gem of beauty and truth is found. Meditate these Scriptures in your time of need. Whatever your need might be, find out the verses that apply to you and meditate upon those and let them become reality to you. You know, that's what I believe this church is all about. It's all about ushering God's saints into reality. Some people say, well, what makes your church different? I always say this, we believe in reality. God doesn't want us to have religion He wants us to have reality. Right? And that's what we strive for, is to have reality with God. We want to see God at work in our lives in a practical way. And this is how we achieve that goal. Taking the Scriptures to heart. Embracing them within. And allowing Him to watch over His Word and to perform it. For us in life In the book of Isaiah chapter 55, another gem that's found here is this: God offers us a life that is complete and fulfilled. Verse one, ho everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters. He that hath no money, come ye buy and eat." Yea, come, buy wine, milk, without money, and without price. Wherefore do ye spend money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which satisfieth not? Hearken diligently unto me, and eat ye that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. Incline your ear, and come unto me. Hear, and your soul shall live. And I will make you an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. Verse 6, Seek ye the Lord while He may be found? Call ye upon Him while He is near. Verse 11, So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth, it shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please. It shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. For ye shall go out with joy... And be led forth, the mountains and the hills shall break forth before you into singing, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. What is he saying to us? Anyone who earnestly leans toward God, who inclines his entire being and personality toward Him, who is willing to say to Him, I'm willing to forsake all my ways. I am willing to forsake all my thoughts. I'm willing to pursue what You have for me in life and to listen, and I mean really, really listen, Lord, to what You are saying to me. You know, if anything, every single one of us should be really willing to listen to what thus saith the Lord. God is looking For listening ears, saints. Because you see, too often we're about going about listening to every voice that is out there in the world and we're failing to listen to what He is saying to us. And therefore, people are being defeated in life. But God is saying, really, really, really listen. Forsake evil ways. Forsake evil thoughts. Forsake human reasonings and imaginations that are above my knowledge. And throw all your energies into hearing what I am trying to offer you and provide for you. He's saying, I want to satisfy you with a complete or a full life. A life that is fulfilled on the earth. He is saying to us that if we'll do this, if we'll forsake our ways and thoughts, then we'll experience a quality and an intensity of life that is so full, beloved. Are you ready for this? Look at verse 12. You're so full and so fulfilled and so complete in God inwardly, listen carefully, that you'll go forth with peace and you'll go out with joy. Verse 12, for they, you shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. Now, think about this. We sing these songs, beloved, and sometimes we don't know what they're saying. This isn't talking about God. This is talking about you. You'll be so full of joy, so full of peace, that the mountains and the hills will break forth in singing before you. And the trees of the field shall applaud. Your joy. And your joyful heart. Look at what it says. Verse 12. For you shall go out with joy. You shall be led forth with peace. And the mountains and the hills shall break forth for you into singing. And all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Wow. When life seems empty and you long for joy and peace. Go back and meditate on Isaiah. And remember, there is a cost. There is a price to pay. You ready to pay this price? Forsake your own thoughts. Forsake your own ways. And say, Father God, I'm coming to your ways and thoughts. Stop thinking wrong. Listen carefully about yourself. See, when people think wrong about themselves, they don't realize it, but they shut God out. If you think that all you are is a defeated worm in the dust on the earth today and that God doesn't hear you, He's miles and miles away from you and your prayers never go higher than the ceiling. There may be angels, but they're not around me. I don't sense them. I don't feel them. Oh, and you start thinking that way about yourself. You are shutting God out. I'm telling you something right now. Listen carefully. You're shutting God out and you're locking the doors. What you bind on earth will be bound and what you loose will be loosed. You know what, saint of God? Forsake your way of thinking about yourself. Amen. Yes. Think what God thinks about you. Amen. You're without spot, without blemish. You're the righteousness of God in Christ. An heir of God, a joint heir with Jesus, a more than a conqueror. And your life is a continual pageant of triumph in Him you live and move and have your being. There's where your victory lies. Think right about yourself. For- forsake your thinking about yourself and just think what God thinks about you. And what about that old enemy of ours? Stop thinking wrong about the enemy. You know, I hear this all the time. And, you know, sometimes I be- think people think I'm just saying it to get a laugh, and I'm not saying it to get a laugh. But there are people that are out there thinking, oh, the devil's after me, chasing me. Oh, all the, all the way up and all the way down life's pass. Every time I turn around, there he is, bothering me in this end and that end and, and all that. Saint of God, I want you to know something. He is defeated. And the sooner we get to know that, the better off we are. Forsake your way of thinking about the devil. The devil's been defeated. He's been brought to naught. He's declining to his end. And his end does not look too encouraging <laughs> at all. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. The enemy's defeated. Jesus paralyzed him. Right. He dealt him a death blow. <laughs> he destroyed him. He brought to naught the devil. And it says in First John that Jesus came to outdo, undo, and overdo all the works of the devil. He's been outdone or outdid, however way you want to say it. Jesus is victorious and we overcome by His blood. So don't think wrong about the devil. Don't give him that access to your life. Don't shut God out and lock yourself in with Him with wrong thinking. Think right. Meditate upon this. In Isaiah... And when you come out of that place of meditation, I'm telling you, I will know. Because I'll see the hills break forth and singing before you. And I'll watch and I will hear the trees of the field clapping their hands. Glory to God. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. Next time someone comes up to you and says, I need some counseling, put a big old grin on your face and say, come with me to the book of Isaiah. I want to show you something. I would like to share something with you. And if you'll get a hold of it, when you leave the trees before, you will clap and the the, the mountains and the hills will absolutely break loose and break forth in singing because of the joy and the peace that you have. God came to bring peace and love and joy into our lives. Amen? Not despair and distress and discouragement and all that. Glory to God. What a gem. Would you agree this is a gem? You will go forth in joy. You'll be led in peace. And the trees of the field, the hills, and the mountains will rejoice. Hallelujah. Over you. Ezekiel 37. Our final gem for this evening. Ezekiel 37. I'll tell you what, beloved. If this doesn't resurrect you, it's not possible that you'd be resurrected. I'll tell you right now. Amen. You ever in a, been in a place where maybe you felt a little bit like your dreams were shattered? Well, this gem reveals to us that which will revive our hopes and dreams. Did you hear that? Everybody needs this in life. This truth will help you revitalize or revive your hopes and dreams, no matter what you have encountered in life, no matter how bleak it looks, no matter how dead or desolate it looks, Saint of God, if you will hear and if you will meditate this portion of Scripture, it will become unto you a gem of beauty and truth that will revive your hopes and your dreams. Amen. Verse 1, the hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley which was full of bones and caused me to pass by them round about. And behold, there were very many in the open valley and lo, they were very dry. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord, thou knowest. Again, he said unto me, prophesy upon these bones and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. You can read it all for yourself. Go on down to verse 11. Then he said unto me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, Our bones are dried, and our hope is lost. We are cut off for our parts. Therefore prophesy and say unto them, Thus saith the Lord thy God, or say it, the Lord God, Behold, O my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come up out of your graves and bring you into the land of Israel. And back up and let's complete it with verse 10. So I prophesied as He commanded me and the breath came into them and they lived and stood up upon their feet an exceeding great army. Now at one time or another, I'm sure every one of us has felt empty on the inside for whatever reason, and there may be various reasons, a myriad of reasons out there tonight, why people sometimes feel empty inside. They've gone through difficult situations in life and as a result, they felt desolate on the inside, just hopeless and seemingly without any help on the earth. Well, beloved, if things haven't worked out the way you planned and you were left that way, empty and desolate... I want you to know that no matter what you have encountered in life, nothing could possibly be as hopeless as this situation was. Imagine the prophet Ezekiel looking over in the valley of bones and seeing nothing but bones of those that once lived scattered throughout the entire valley. As far-reaching as the eye can possibly see, all he saw was bones, heaped upon bones that represented the army of Israel. And man, in his limited understanding and thinking and knowledge, looks at that and says, This is hopeless. What a tragedy. Nothing can be done. But God chooses to use that situation and teach Ezekiel a tremendous lesson. Can they live, prophet of God? And he said, he answered, well, thou knowest. He wouldn't even dare answer. He just said, you know. I'm not going to doubt you. You know. And he speaks to the prophet and says, I want you to speak to them, tell them certain things. And he did, he obeyed God. As a result of obeying God, those dry bones came together once again. And what was impossible became possible as God breathed the breath of life into those beings once again. And they were revitalized. And they lived and they went forth as a mighty army, a host of men, a revitalized army of the living God. What could be more hopeless than that? Seeing that kind of desolation. If God can do that, then God could do anything. It's what He was trying to tell the prophet. All things, are possible with God. Nothing is too difficult for me. Have your dreams been shattered? Have your hopes been shattered? Do you feel empty and hopeless on the inside? Do you feel as though there's no possible way that you can feel alive again or that your dream could be fulfilled or that your plans could possibly succeed? Do you feel as though, because of what you've gone through that you're going to have to spend the rest of your life in despair? In emptiness of heart? Boy, I've got some news for you tonight, saint of God. Dead hopes, dead dreams, dead goals, dead ideals can be resurrected by the power of the living God. And if we allow God to breathe the breath of His life once again into the plans that He has for us and the purposes that He has for us and the dreams that He has given us, God will once again resurrect or bring to life or revitalize whatever it is we have hoped for. Every person who has ever gone through tragedies in life, who has ever suffered emptiness of heart needs to meditate this gem of beauty and truth and recognize that the God that you serve can breathe life once again back into your dreams. He can revitalize your hopes. He can give life where there was death, desolation, and despair. Nothing is too difficult for the Lord your God is what He is saying to the prophet. You can live a vital life, a dynamic life, if you will but seek the Lord and give yourself to Him that He may breathe afresh into you that newness of life by His Spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And it doesn't really matter what brought us to that place. He will revitalize any life, any goal, any dream by His Spirit. So if you're out there and you are empty and you think your hopes are shattered and your dreams are gone, stop thinking that way. That's right. Go to this gym and begin to meditate and tell yourself, if my God could resurrect those dry bones and cause a living army to once again live, He can revitalize me. He can breathe life into me once again. You know, there are those that have suffered in areas of relationships, going through divorces and things like that, where seemingly their world came to an end. And seemingly there was no hope. Visions lost. Goals unfulfilled. Dreams up in smoke. Lives just shattered. I want you to know something tonight. God, your Father, can revitalize you. There are those that have lost loved ones through death who have departed from this life and they're on the other side and they think... That's it. My life is over. I can't live on this earth like I once did. I want you to know something here tonight. You seek the face of God. God will once again revitalize you. God will breathe into you vitality and life. God will resurrect you on the inside of your being and you will live a dynamic life before Him once again. If God can do this to that army He can do it for you Amen. Amen Let's all stand before the Lord Thank you for listening to our legacy teachings We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry I want you to know that God loves you has a great plan for your life but if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life I'd like to invite you to do that right now Just pray this simple prayer right after me Just say Heavenly Father I come to you